When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is sponsored by Mack Weldon. Every guy needs good undies, and with Mack Weldon, they are not just another boring stocking stuffer. Give the gift of comfort with Mack Weldon's top-of-the-line socks, underwear, t-shirts, sweats, and more. Mack Weldon products have smart design and premium fabrics, and they're antimicrobial, so guys can look good and smell fresh. The shopping experience couldn't be easier, and the holiday packs aren't just the gift that every man needs. They're one he'll be excited to get. Go to MacWeldon, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com and get 20% off using the code ALLTHEBOOKS. You're listening to All The Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 31, and today we're talking about great debuts from 2015. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. I, I almost lost it there. I was like, wait, what, <laughs> what are these words that I'm reading? Words are hard sometimes. Are this is the second hard. show that we're recording today, so yeah. who knows what language we're going to be speaking by the end. Hang on. Oh, maybe. maybe. So I just want to tell you something, because I don't know if you know this, but I love books. <laughs> I was starting to suspect that that might be the case, but I'm glad that you confirmed it. Yep, it's true. I just love books. I do too. And man, like we talked since this show's launch about what a great year for New Voices 2015 has been. So it's really fun to break out some of the best debuts. The hard part for me was like, well, we're doing a show later in the month about the best fiction of 2015. And some of these books qualify for that as well. But if I put them here, then I can talk about more other books later on. So I want to say that putting a book on the great debuts show instead of just the great fiction or nonfiction show doesn't mean anything. It just means we're trying to talk about as many books as possible. Yes, same thing. A couple of my favorite books were also debuts and I've saved them and, for the fiction show. And we've given ourselves some leeway. We're each doing five picks this week instead of four. We probably each could have done 10. Oh my goodness, at least. Yeah. Yeah. There were so many to choose yeah. from. So I read so many books this year. But this is the time of year where I start to get really excited to, like, set the counter back and start mm-hmm. keeping track of, like, how many books I've read. It's really fun. Um, fun. But I, I so many debuts this year. So yeah, I'm, so I'm going to kick it off if, if you're ready. Do it. Are you buckled in? Take it away. Let's go. I'm ready. I've, I'm ready. Okay. Let's do it. Um, so when we were recording the the podcast live in, in New York a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. there was a woman who asked us a question. She was like, you know, what book have you hated that you thought you would like or, you know, really been into that you thought you would hate? Um, and I had, like, a really dumb, like, I had no answer for her. Um, but this kind of reminded me of that. I This book is called Lightless by C.A. Higgins. And I think I've mentioned this before, but sometimes I get, you know, PDFs that the the publishers send and they expire on a certain date. So, at, like, when it gets close to that date, I'm like, ah, I have these books and I'm just going to read them, you know, and I, and I don't really know anything about them. And this one just knocked the socks off my brain. I was like, whoa, this is so good. <laughs> Again, it's called Lightless by C.A. Higgins. And it's about 
a three-person crew aboard this spaceship Ananke. I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's how I'm saying it today. And it's this super fancy spaceship, and it's on this secret mission. And everything is going smoothly until a pair of terrorists manage to upload a virus into the ship's computer and gain access to the ship. And now they are aboard the ship. No. Yes. And so things are going really wrong with the ship. Um, and it's acting all weird, and it is up to Althea, the ship's computer scientist and mechanic, to find a way to fix the virus before it's too late. Um, she's kind of like Kaylee from Firefly. She's awesome. Uh, and while she is working on the ship, she is devoted to the ship. Althea, it's like Althea's baby. Like, she has managed to bond with the ship, or with her, I should say. They call her her. Um, but she doesn't hasn't bonded with her crewmates, just the ship. Like, she spends all her time going oh. over it. So for Ananke to be sick, it makes Althea really upset. Uh, meanwhile, one of the terrorists has been captured, but the other one is running loose aboard the ship. Um, and so the, they contact the government and they say, you know, we've got these, this problem. And the government sends their best interrogator to interview the prisoner. Um, and the only way I can describe her is I stole this line from Sliding Doors, which is a really excellent movie, by the way. Oh, yes. Um, is that she's Cruella DeVille's less nice sister. Uh, <laughs> she's, you don't want to cross this woman. So she's come to find out, like, what they're doing you know, and try to find out what they've done to the ship before it's too late. And as Althea, like, works madly to try and fix her. Um, it's kind of like a cross between Firefly and 2001 A Space Odyssey. This book was oh. so much fun. And this last bit, I'm going to say, could be construed as spoilery. So cover your ears with your pets for a moment if you don't want to hear what I'm going to say next. It gets super dark towards the end. Like, I was like, whoa! I really liked that part, too. So anyway... Um, save time, cover your ears, now that you can hear me say that if your ears are covered. Uh, Again, it is called Lightless by C.A. Higgins. I'm picturing you right now wearing uh, earmuffs that are just a cat on each side. Yeah, I have Melanie Steinbeck held up to my head. (laughs) I'm sure they're cooperating. Yeah, yeah, they love it. Um, My first pick this week, one of my favorite books of 2015, which I guess it's fair to say that all of these are going to qualify as favorites, Bright Lines by Thanwi Nandini Islam. Uh, I think I talked about this the week that it came out. I'm pretty sure it came out after we started doing this show. Um, So this is about a teenage girl named Ella who was orphaned after her parents were murdered in Bangladesh. Um, and since then, she's been living in Brooklyn in Bed-Stuy with her uncle Anwar and his family. Um, the family have a daughter named Charu, who is a typical teenage girl. She's like trying to launch a fashion line out of her bedroom and sneaking her boyfriend in and out of the house. Um, Charu has helped Maya, who is the daughter of a local cleric, run away from home. He's abusive and she doesn't want to live there anymore. Um, so Charu has helped her run away from home. And when Ella returns back to the family's home for the summer after being away at college, the three girls girls spend the whole summer together. Um, they have, you know, typical teenage girls summer experiences. They ride their bikes. They go to Coney Island. They hang out with boys. They go to clubs. Um, there are maybe some drugs involved. There are definitely some secrets involved. And we get to see the experiences from all of their perspectives, as well as get insight into Uncle Anwar, into the secrets that he has been keeping for decades um, since a war, into the secret relationship that he's having. And then tragedy strikes the family. 
And they all go back to Bangladesh looking for answers. Um, and then we also, as readers, get to find out what this secret is that Anwar has been keeping um, for so much of his life that has really shaped his decisions and the, has impacted the family in ways that they m- maybe don't even know about. Um, but it's mostly, the story is mostly about the girls. Um, it's about identity, uh, cultural identity, sexual identity, um, figuring out who you are, some gender identity questions as well. It's also about friendship, about family. Um, It's about war and how war affects all of those other parts of being. It is so good and so thoughtful. And the parts that pack a punch really, really pack a punch. Just a beautifully written story. Every character is fully fleshed out. This is not a like, here's a story about a teenage girl and her cardboard background family members. And all of the family members are just vibrant and interesting. And you feel that you really know them. And that this is how Brooklyn really is. I've spent time in um, Bed-Stuy that Thanwi Nandini Islam is writing about. And she really brings the neighborhood to life and brings, you know, the city and the diversity of people who live there to life. It's, um, it's really just a wonderful book. It was a paperback original this year. It would be an excellent book club pick. And since it's already available in paperback, you don't even have to wait. I know um, so many book clubs prefer to go that route. So just just a great voice. If this is how um, Thanwi Nandini Islam is starting her fiction career, I like cannot wait to see what else we're going to get from her. So that is Bright Lines. And as a little tease for next week, the fiction show, uh, she also makes a line of candles based on, on literature, if I'm not mistaken. She does, yeah. yeah. Her, um, she has a company that does um, perfume and candles and like home scents called High Wildflower, and some of them are based on books. Yeah, she just did one yes. for um, well, Upright Beasts. Yep. Sorry, but, am I? Am oh I? no, that's okay. I was just gonna say because as soon as I said it, I was like, wait, is this the right person? I was like, but uh, she totally made, the right She person. just made one for m- one of my favorite fiction picks from next week. Dun dun dun. So Ooh, good. So teaser. you'll find out. Everyone's like, oh, I'm on edge. What candle is it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Everyone's Googling the candles so they yeah. can spoil the show next week. Yeah, it's ruined. <laughs> I'm uh. excited to find out what that will be. All right, let's do some more debuts. Actually, no, let me no, tell you about our first sponsor this week. Yes, please. You have to wait. <laughs> uh, we are sponsored this week by the DK Holiday Gift Generator. If you're not sure what book you should give this holiday, then the DK Holiday Gift Generator exists for you. It'll help you find the perfect pick for everyone on your list. You answer a few simple questions and bing, uh, the DK Holiday Gift Generator, man, that's hard to say several times in a row, <laughs> suggests a book that fits your family member or friend's interest. Um, so they've got DK, if you don't, if you aren't familiar, does mostly children's publishing and they do like big, pretty hardcover books that are like interesting nonfiction for kids. So you can get a book about Star Wars. You can get a Lego awesome ideas book. You can get a book that combines them, Star Wars and Lego. You can get Wildlife of the World, Marvel's The Avengers Encyclopedia. You can get a big book about Disney. Um, one that I'm intrigued by called How Machines Work, um, that is all about the machines at the zoo. And there's a mention in the blurb of sloths, so I'm interested. There's a big DK book about musicals. There's one about the Pope. There's one about design. So if there is somebody in your life who wants uh, to learn about Frank Gehry and Bauhaus and all sorts of other design and architects, you can check that out. Um it's, you know, it, it's hard to buy books for other people. This is one of those like great 
weird things about the reading life that if your friends are readers, maybe you don't always know what they've read or what they haven't read. But DK does great, surprising, interesting books. And we'll have a link in the show notes to get you directly to the DK Holiday Gift Generator so that you can just answer their couple of questions and find your way to the right book for your friend or family member's interest. Um, so thanks to them, to, to uh, DK for sponsoring the show. And don't forget to check out the DK Holiday Gift Generator. Can I Can I add something to that? Please do, because I am totally tongue-tied. I love them. I love them. When I, DK stands for Dorling Kindersley, and when I was a little kid, oh, I, I wanted that. to work for them. They make the, those amazing, like, travel books that have so many photos or, like, animal books, like, guides and mm-hmm. stuff. And they're incredible. And they also just published something called the Sherlock Holmes book, which is the nerdiest, most delicious <laughs> Sherlock book out there, just filled to the brim with little tidbits and photos and information. And they're so fabulous. And I love them. And also, if you just if you start typing in DK Holiday, you instead get the Dead Kennedys Holiday in Cambodia, which is different. <laughs> you don't want that. That is different. I think they're, they different. do such good books for people oh, who are curious them. about the world. With so many they're images, cool. I mean, they're they're fantastic. Yeah, like, you you they're really read one just of their beautiful books. books. You just don't even, you know it's amazing. Yeah. Um, speaking of amazing, my next book is a Tin House Tin House book, and. I will say that, you know, I love hearing about how people come into books sometimes. Like, how did you find this book? I honestly picked up this book because the cover matched a flannel shirt that my grandfather used to wear. And I left him. And That's a totally like, valid reason. That's his shirt. And because uh, it's like a picture of a flannel shirt. Um, and that book is Dryland by Sarah Jaffe. And like I said, it's published by Tin House. And it is a paperback original. And it's wonderful. It's about a 15-year-old named Julie Winter. And she lives in Portland, Oregon in 1992. And she is just pretty much waiting for something to happen. But not, like, in an excited way. More of, like, a life is inevitable and it's going to happen to her whether she wants it to or not kind of way. Mm. Uh, she spends most of her days at the skate park and the community market listening to her best friend Erica talk about boys. And which boys are cute and which boys does she think are cute and which boys would she kiss. And basically boys. And she also tags along with her to the yearbook club after school because, you know, she's trying to be a good friend. And it is at yearbook club that she meets one of the popular girls, Alexis, who takes an interest in her and convinces her to join the swim club. Now, Julie's brother was an Olympic athlete, a swimmer, actually, uh, who hmm. left the country after competing, and he's he's kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Um, he's in this self-imposed exile in Berlin. Um, and just, Julie thinks that Alexis is only asking her because of her famous brother, um, but she feels a pull toward her anyway that she can't really explain. And this is just one of those books that makes me glad I don't have to be a teenager again, because... Oh, no kidding. Man... Like, Julie narrates it with such cringing self-awareness and her ambivalence towards her sexuality, towards the swim team, and towards her family really makes this book feel more like a memoir. And you're just like, oh, I feel for you. I'm so sorry that you're going through this. It's just, it's (laughs) wonderful. And I adored it. And I cannot wait to see what Sarah Jaffe does next. So again, that is called Dryland by Sarah Jaffe. The dream of the 90s is totally alive in Portland and in Dryland. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, my next pick, I wouldn't say it makes me glad that I don't have to be in my early 20s again, because everything makes me glad that I don't have to be in my early to mid 20s again. But the book is great. It's called Single Carefree Mellow. It's a collection of short stories by Katherine Heine. This is just a hilarious book about modern womanhood, love, sex, dating, relationships, uh, and 
Catherine Heine is just unapologetic about what the realities of women's lives are. And she addresses those with great warmth and humor and the kind of observations that like, you know, your best friend probably makes about you in her own mind, but has the good grace not to say out loud to you. And Heine says them out loud about her characters. One of these women has drinks with her lover's wife. You know, that is ill-advised and it doesn't go well, but we get to see the whole thing and it's very entertaining. Um, Another character, when she's a teenager, loses her virginity to a teacher and then she's the one who outgrows the relationship. One of these women is pining for her roommate who's like a pretty clueless guy and when she finally holds his hand, his palms are all sweaty. Um, You know, those sort of realities um, of what happens when the thing that you've been fantasizing about or dreaming of actually happens and maybe isn't so great. Uh, Another character is in love with her boyfriend and her boss and by the way, her dog is dying and one of those men will show up for her in a meaningful way in the stories. Um, This is about just how complicated love and sex and dating can be, but also how hilarious and ridiculous and absurd they can be along the way. Um, Heine's observations of her characters' conversations with their girlfriends and her characters' inner monologues about the experiences that they're having with men kind of reminded me of like bridesmaids. Um, There's just a really... Well, unapologetic, I've said it already, but like that's a good word and it's almost a little brash, um, but just so forward and so gutsy and just a delight to read. I laughed my way through the whole collection. It's a pretty thin little book. You could probably read it in one sitting. I think it's great um, for women, especially like in your 20s and early 30s, if this whole dating thing, um, finding a partner in life is a thing that you're thinking about a lot or that you're amused by or you're listening to your friends' stories or whatever. And dudes will love this book as well. It's just really insightful and fun and so smart, kind of deceptively smart, I think, um, because the book is so funny that it takes a minute to realize like, oh, right, that thing that she said is actually really brilliant. Um, But it is. And Catherine Heine is such a wonderful voice. I also can't wait to see what she'll do next. I would like to read a long Catherine Heine like comedy of manners novel about a family or a bunch of friends that are all that's what I want I want Catherine Heidi to write a like band gets back together novel with a bunch of friends who all go on vacation together or something um so that's single carefree mellow collection of short stories by Catherine Heine it's excellent it's so good yeah I really enjoyed that plus the cover is really pretty Mm-hmm. Had a great cover. I met her for like two seconds at Book Expo earlier this year, and she was also just really kind and gracious and funny in person as well. Uh, the next book I'm going to talk about is called The Star Side of Bird Hill by Naomi Jackson. Uh, this also has a fabulous cover. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, I remember when it came out. Yeah, it's, it's really very pretty. striking. Um, it takes place in 1989, and it's about two sisters who were sent to live with their grandmother in Barbados for the summer. Uh, despite their protests. Their mother ships them off. Uh, They've been living in Brooklyn with their mother for many years, and uh, she sends them off. The youngest sister, Phaedra, is 10, and she is sort of still afraid of authority and getting in trouble, like she's not pushing, you know, her luck with adults at all. But Danielle is 16, and she is wild. Um, And their grandmother tries to lay down the rules for them as a way to make amends for the mistakes that she had made with their mother, who was a wild child herself, who eventually ran off to the States with a no-good man who turned out to be their father. Um, As the summer goes on and the girls do not hear from their mother, Phaedra grows closer to her grandmother and learns about the ways of the island as Danielle becomes more sullen and withdrawn and wild. Um, It's just a really beautiful look at the culture of the island, 
and about learning where you came from. And it's a heart-wrenching story of family and love and responsibility and sisters. And it's just wonderful. Um, I, I was really taken in by this book. It's, it's really great. And again, it is called The Star Side of Bird Hill by Naomi Jackson. Ooh, we're at the halfway point of the show. We have done it. Yes. Uh, but before I do my next pick, uh, Book Riot again took our second sponsorship spot this week because we can. Uh, so I'll just remind you again that we have a store filled with bookish goodies. We have t-shirts and hoodies and tote bags and coffee mugs and socks and coasters and all sorts of other things. There are some tank tops left from the spring. Go to store.bookriot.com. You can click your way to bookish goodies for yourself to stock all of your stuff, to stuff all your stockings, not to stock all your stuffings. That's a different, <laughs> different. <laughs> that's a different proposition. I'm not entirely sure what it means, but I know it's a different proposition. We'll come up with a definition uh, for it. Yes, and we are running all sorts of great sales through the holiday season because that's what you do in the holiday season. Um, kicking off on December 8th when you are listening to this show, we'll be offering a special bundle that is our books hat. It's an awesome gray knit hat that says books across it in the Book Riot gold color. You can bundle the hat with any mug, I believe it is, for a discount. And uh, we'll have a bunch of other sales as well. So check out store.bookriot.com and be bookish from head to toe. Okay. Uh, my next pick was one of the most surprising of the year. I almost didn't read this book. I hadn't heard anything about it. Like the publisher just did not get it in front of me at the right time. I think it should have been widely publicized. This is a great book. And I hope that uh, it gets a ton of attention when it comes out in paperback. I'm so glad that I picked it up on a whim. It's called Speak by Louisa Hall. Uh, this is a novel about the creation and destruction of artificial intelligence basically. Um, it's told through five voices and across several centuries. The general idea is that someone has created really good artificial intelligence, so good, um, it's, and it's just the near future. We're not very far from right now in the book. But the AI is so good um, that one of the things that has been invented are these baby dolls that kids carry around and talk to um, and like other kid robots. And the robots are so good and relatable that the kids actually prefer them to talking to humans. And for a variety of reasons, people decide that this is a problem. And so all of the robots have to be destroyed. One of the voices that we hear is a robot's perspective. We get its like internal narration as it's in a truck being shipped away to wherever they're shipping away the robots that they're getting rid of. One of the voices is one of the men who invented these dolls, and he's writing to us from prison. Uh, one of the voices is a young girl from the 17th century. We get to read her diary of the trip that she took traveling from Europe to the United States with her new husband, to whom she was married off at a very young age. And uh, one of the inventors in later centuries named a project after her. One of the characters is a fictionalized version of Alan Turing, who's writing letters to a dead friend's mother. And there's just this whole cast that sort of comes up to support these, but the chapters rotate between these five different voices. There's not a straight timeline in the book. It's not a linear narrative. We just get, you know, like this dropped in from the girl and this dropped in from the guy who's in prison and this dropped in from fake Alan Turing and you piece together 
what happened and exactly what led to the downfall, what kids are still doing to interact with artificial intelligence, and what might be done. It's a really interesting meditation on technology and about the human desire for connection and how those things combine to drive us to invent new stuff. This like fascination with moving technology forward, but also the fascination with moving technology forward in a way that allows us to connect with other humans or to do something that's better than human possibly. It's so, so interesting and surprising and really different from anything else that I read this year. Um, what a Just a really great way to roll out. Um, I love a slightly weird novel. And this was just the right amount of weird. Um, also, you know, saying it on every segment, I think, but really looking forward to what Louisa Hall might have next. This is a fascinating mind. And I really loved Speak. So it's very, it's very David Mitchell-like, I Oh, found. yeah, I think, yes. And this next book I'm going to talk about is also very David Mitchell-like, although I did not know it when I picked it up. Sometimes I get like these preconceived notions of books. Like I just keep hearing that they're really wonderful and I don't read anything about them. And that was the case with this book. It's called The Shore by Sarah Taylor. And I had it in my mind that it was like this nice novel on in Virginia, maybe. And oh. maybe like a little like family, you know, drama sort of thing. It's not that at all. Um, <laughs> so I started reading it and it opens with this young girl. And, and you can tell right away that she's very poor. And she's standing in a store and she's overhearing this woman talk about how somebody in their town has been murdered. And I'm like, oh, it's like going to be like a little friend or it's, you know, a little to kill a mockingbird. It's not that at all. It ends up being like this one little segment is the story of this girl and her family. And then the book continues to bounce back and forth in time, uh, talking about different people who are on this island. Um, they're, they're, lots of them are related. Like all the stories are interconnected. You hear about different characters. Uh, there's, you know, folklore and... Uh, you know, medicine women, and hmm. it's uh, it's brilliant and incredible, and it you know expands from like the 1800s to like way in the future, um, which reminded me of David Mitchell because I, I looked at the cover halfway through reading it, and I'm like, what are they talking about? Like David Mitchell, I don't know what this is, but it absolutely is, um, and it's just so brilliant, and um, it's also really brutal. Like this could be subtitled "Horrible Things Happening to Women." Like these women, especially mm. women living in poverty, like. They do not have easy lives. A lot of them have children, whether they want to or not. Um, but it's also like how they how they draw their strength from the land and how they get their revenge and how they, they treat themselves and what happens in the future. Uh, I was blown away by this book. I, I know that so many people told me it was amazing, which is why I just picked it up without, without reading what it was about. And I was so surprised in many, many ways. Um, absolutely love it. I hope it does like phenomenally well in paperback because it's it's beautiful. I think it was nominated for the Bailey Prize. I mean, it's incredible. Um, and I think you should read it. By you, I mean you, Rebecca, and everyone else. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm talking directly to you. Uh, but it, again, it is called The Shore by Sarah Taylor. Nice. Um, this next one I've talked about a couple of times on the show. I intend to just keep on talking about it forever because it's so good. Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho. Uh, this is a fantasy novel about a man named Zacharias Weiss. He is a freed slave. Uh, he's a black man in essentially Victorian England, which is not an easy position to be in. Zacharias is also the Sorcerer Royal to the Society of Unnatural Philosophers. Basically, 
old white guys in England who think that they are wizards and have varying levels of actual power or not. Um, Magic is real in this world, and the flow of magic comes from fairyland. uh, But England has stopped getting magic, and it falls to Zacharias to figure out what's going on, why the fairies have cut them off from magic. So he's going to go to fairyland and talk to them and try to figure out what's happening. Maybe somebody made someone else mad or something. Along the way, he stops at this school slash home, I guess basically a boarding school, um, where families who have girls that have shown themselves to have magical skills ship the girls off and they spend their whole lives learning to suppress their magic. They're taught that it's bad for them, that it's dangerous, that women can't handle magic. And so they learn what turn out to be very dangerous spells to suppress their own magic. So Zechariah sees this and he is very alarmed that these girls are being asked to suppress their magic. They're being asked to cast spells that are dangerous and they're harming themselves really without knowing it, and their teachers are harming them without knowing it. Um, He is not down with this plan. He also meets a girl there named Prunella Gentleman. Um, She works at the school. Um, She's a young woman, and she has some skills of her own. She is magical, um, actually quite magical, and she becomes his partner. Not a sidekick. She becomes his partner. Um, Together, they work to change things. Basically, they go on this crusade to get women to be allowed to practice magic in England, first because it's better for women, it's healthier for them to not be suppressing their magic, and also because England needs more magic because, by the way, the fairies have cut them off, remember? Um, It's so great. This mo- It moves so fast. I came to Sorcerer of the Crown like fresh off of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which was so slow to me. And I understand like that book is supposed to be slow. It's intentionally slow. That's fine. Please don't hate me if you love it. I'm fine with it. But I wanted something fast moving. And I have a hard time picturing world building with fantasy and Zencho just brought this whole world right to life. I could picture the characters it moves fast. It's funny. It's so smart. The cast is organically diverse in a very, you know, realistic, believable way. And it's not like, oh, it's diverse because there are non-existent magical beings in it. Like there are black people who can do magic in this story, which we don't get many stories, especially set in Victorian England um, about sorcerers who aren't white. And Zen Cho just sort of head on in a not preachy, but in a definitely political move addresses a lot of the things that science, a lot of the problems that science fiction and fantasy have had with the lack of diversity in their stories. And so she just bakes them right into her story. And what do you know? It's wonderful. Uh, It's feminist. It's great. There are some like super surprising moments that are that predictably like if you read this book and then you give it to your friends, you'll know exactly which moments your friends are all going to text you about like, oh my God, that thing. Uh, It's just so wonderful. And It's the first in a series. I didn't know that when I read the book, or I probably would have waited until there were more of them out because now I just have to sit and wait for the second one. But it's such a great start. I'm so looking forward to having this series in my life and getting to follow um, Zacharias. And I want way more of Prunella on the page in the next one. Uh, So that is Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho. So good. We've read a lot of the same books this year. Well, I've read a lot of the books that you've read I think and then you've read a bajillion that I haven't read <laughs> oh well but you picked we, so many I would like to compliment you on your choices today <gasps> oh thank you they're wonderful thank you. um so but now I'm gonna, ask, I'm gonna ask you a question and if the answer is no okay. then we're gonna have to break up uh, have you ever oh, no, seen, have no, you we... ever seen black books no <gasps> okay we, won't, we don't talked, really have I to think break somebody up. told isn't it a it's a tv series yeah it right? was a tv series like in the mid 
aughts, and it's about a bookstore, and the owner is really surly and drunk all the time, and, you know, has nothing but disdain towards the customers, and, you know, he has Why this really I seen sweet... This? Oh, it's so good. And there's not that many episodes, but it's it's really, really funny and British, which means it's extra fabulous, and so this next and last book I'm going to discuss is called The Last Days of Video by Jeremy Hawkins, which came out, I think, before we started the podcast, so I didn't get to discuss it. But it's kind of like black books set in a video store. It takes cool. place uh, in the 90s, I think. I'm trying to remember all this from memory. I read it at the beginning of the year. Um, at the late 90s, maybe the early beginning of the century, um, there's a video store called Star Video, and it's owned by this guy named Wearing Wax, who is pretty much the Bernard Black of the video store. He's pretty drunk all the time, and so he doesn't really care or notice that his business is failing. It's the last days of pretty much his independent video store. It's going under. Uh, there's a blockbuster being built around the corner. Everybody's doing DVDs now, um, and he's really bad at business and customer relations and just pretty much life in general. But he has you know, an encyclopedic knowledge of movies and his employees are really well-versed in film. You know, it's kind of like a, this independent book, uh, video store is kind of like an art form, really. You know, they're just really good at what they mm -hmm. do, but unfortunately, it's it's not working for them anymore. He has a really sweet woman who works for him named Alora, who is trying to keep the business going because she doesn't want to lose her job. She's trying to help Waring out. And then they hire a new guy named Jeff, who is completely clueless, doesn't know anything about movies, clumsy. Of course, he's in love with Alora. Um, and there's all these other problems that, that occur. There are bicycle gangs, and there's a, a cult, and then, of course, they have to deal with warring and his drinking, and but it's just so funny, and also, it's a really great dose of nostalgia, like, it takes you back, and the discussions about film are really great, and I, I just adored it. So, also, it might have my favorite cover of the year. Like, the cover Ooh. is just a video cassette. Like, it looks like a video cassette. Like, if someone were to hand it to you, you'd be like, oh, video cassette um it's great but again that is called the last days of video by jeremy hawkins i'm gonna read that that sounds awesome and i'm gonna start a kickstarter for you to watch black books i, I don't know <laughs> I why just made i a note. to make a kickstarter like, for you to do that but it's great i frantically scribbled black books onto my little to-do list i'll find it i'm so deep into the good wife it's that it can't last forever Netflix right now <laughs> okay i'll do that yeah Okay, so my last pick is a book. I think this is one of the very first books I read in 2015, and it's one that I've just thought about all year long. It's called Hammerhead by Nina McLaughlin. This is a memoir. Uh, McLaughlin spent her 20s working at a newspaper. She graduated from college. She got a job at the paper. She was reviewing books. There was this great Easter egg moment for me early in the book where she's describing a book that she read, which I was like, that, that's my favorite short story collection. She doesn't name it, but I just knew it's where it's uh, what the world will look like when all the water leaves us by Laura Vandenberg. And I tweeted her and it was right. And I'm so glad that she liked that book. Cookie also. Yay! Cookie for Nina McLaughlin for hiding that in there. So anyway, she's living in Boston. She's working at a newspaper. She's reviewing books. She's writing. She's, you know, doing what newspaper reporters do. But she's wanting more out of life. This is just not, like, living in her head all the time is just not working for her. She wants to learn to do something that involves making something. And in her dissatisfaction, she's spending a lot of time online looking for jobs, and she sees an ad for a carpenter's apprentice, and it says that women are strongly encouraged to apply. So she writes an email about how she doesn't have any experience, but she's willing to like learn anything and willing to do anything. 
I think more than 300 applications were submitted and she got an interview. She goes and meets the woman and they hit it off and she gets the job despite not knowing diddly squat about how to be a carpenter. And so the book is about her first making that decision to change careers, but then also what it's like to go back to being a beginner at something. She's learning the trade of carpentry from this amazing woman who's in her, who's middle-aged, she's in her 50s, I believe, who's her mentor, um, and who's showing her not just how to do these things that being a carpenter means doing, but how to navigate life as a carpenter, as a woman in a really male-dominated field. And in the process of learning all of this stuff, Nina McLaughlin learns some things about who she is and figures out what's important to her in life, sort of how to rebuild her life and make decisions that take her into, you know, the next phase of her life in a way that's more satisfying. Um, Our friend Jen, our events director, um, was the first one who recommended this to me. And she said something like, um, there's a chapter where she's just learning to lay tile. And you would think that a chapter about somebody just learning to lay tile is totally boring. But in fact, you are riveted. And Jen was right. That's totally accurate. Um, Just being in Nina McLaughlin's head as she learns this trade and as she thinks about what it means for her life and what it really just means in a broader sense to make things um, that are part of people's everyday lives is really incredible. The book is so insightful. It's so inspiring. I think we're all sort of at all times simmering on the possibility of making some kind of life change or at least thinking that what if question, you know, what if I did this with my life? What if I made this other change? Um, It's very forward moving, which I just loved. There's no regret here. There's no like, oh, I wasted my 20s working in a newspaper. It's just forward looking to what the next thing will be and how she could change her life and how rewarding it can be to take a big risk and to start over. Over and to learn to do new things. I just found it so meaningful and inspiring. And that is Hammerhead by Nina McLaughlin. I would like to second that. She's really wonderful. I went to see her read and she's so great. And oh, I'm so jealous. So much fun. And she's awesome. Yeah, she and she has a great Tumblr too. She's the Carpentrix on Tumblr. Oh, that's funny. I have not seen it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm in. What a good year in debuts. I can't believe that this episode oh, is yeah. already over. There's like 50 other ones that I could mention. I know. It's just incredible. We could just keep going. Uh, and we will be back next week with a look at the best fiction of 2015. Uh, but for now, thank you to our sponsors, Mac Weldon. You can go to MacWeldon.com and save 20% with the code All the Books. Thank you to the DK Holiday Gift Generator. Check that out through the link in the show notes and find your way to the perfect gift for whoever you're shopping for. And of course, go to store.bookride.com and stock up on all your bookish swag as well. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you want to give us a holiday present, you can leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It lets us know how we're doing and it helps other folks to find the show. And we think both of those things are great. I'm going to stop you there and ask you what you're going to read next. Oh, I just ran right over that segment. That's okay. Um, I am going to read American Housewife. It's a collection of short stories by... By Helen Ellis. Yeah. I Well, we know that I love a collection of short stories. Yes. And um, it's coming out in January. I've heard that it's great. Um, that's all that I know about it. And that's all I need to know. I'm hoping it'll kick off my 2016 the way that Single Carefree Mellow kicked off my 2015. It will. It's really devious and fabulous and wonderful. And she's You've awesome. You've read it already. Oh, yeah. She wrote this great book called Eating the Cheshire Cat that I loved many years ago. Oh, that's a great um, title. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited for people to read that. Of course you're ahead of me.
you know. What are you going to read now? I'm going to read a book that has been heating up our back channels, which sounds dirty now that I've said it out loud. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a book. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting embarrassed. It's a book I'm called... I'm so hard not to make a joke. <laughs> yeah, no jokes, please. Um, it's called If I Was Your Girl by Meredith Russo. And everybody is talking about this, just like out of control, crazy buzz about this book. And it's about a new girl out of school in Tennessee, and she wants to make friends and fit in, but she has a secret, and uh, she's trying to keep from getting attached to anybody because she doesn't want them to learn her secret. Um, a huge buzz, huge first printing. Everybody's really excited. It's from Flatiron Books, who I love, so I'm just basically excited about this all around. Are you Good still plan. laughing? <laughs> I thought maybe you muted your microphone. I stopped and then I started again. (laughs) Ooh, that was funny. (laughs) All right, so now I will tell you that as much as we would love to tell you about more great debuts, we just don't have the time. But you can find out about titles out today in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. Now go ahead and say it. Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.